Hi, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Lighthearted. My name is Anna. And my name is Bracey, and we're two average gals chatting about what it means to grow. How are you growing this week? I have been growing this week, I would say, by A, knocking stuff off my giant wedding list. Special shout out to Sarah Velton, who has been texting me some wonderful tips and advice in my times of anxiety right now. I very much appreciate you. Oh, that's great. I know. And also, I feel like I've been doing some things to focus on excitement after the wedding, which I haven't done this intentionally necessarily, but I, I and maybe you can tell us if you felt like this, but do you, did you feel any sort of sadness after your wedding, like after the wedding and after the honeymoon that then you came home and you're like, all right, this was like a big part of my life for a long time. And now that it's done. Yeah, I didn't, but I know that that's a common thing. And I think the reason that I didn't is because I didn't actually enjoy wedding planning. So Mm -hmm. I wasn't like so excited to see like the outcome of all my efforts because I didn't enjoy the efforting part. So I was like, (laughs) oh, I just want to be married and like have this fun party, which I know it was great. It was. And we went to Italy. So that was also really great. But I think that by the time we were done with all that, I was just tired and I just came home and rested. And I was like totally cool with that. (laughs) Okay, great. I, I have a feeling I will probably be a bit like that. But I, we've been planning some things for like August. And so. Yeah. At least you're not losing your whole summer to the wedding and then you get home and you have nothing planned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So I'm excited and it gives me something else to focus on when I'm feeling anxious about the wedding. How is your level of anxiety right now? In this moment? Yes. Probably like a six and a half. Okay. Not great. Not terrible. Yeah, we're, we're riding the wave. <laughs> um, okay, what about you? How are you growing? Well, I had a vulnerable conversation recently that I 1000% did not want to have, but the opportunity presented itself and I told the truth and it was really, really hard, but it went well. So I feel like oh that gosh, was a win. Okay. Yeah. So I'm proud of myself. And also I feel like that was a good a good example of how sometimes being vulnerable pays off. Mm-hmm. For sure. Did you feel like you had a vulnerability hangover after? Not really, but I was very anxious about it before. Okay. Yeah. So growth, man, it's hard. <laughs> when we say on our tagline on our Insta that it's uncomfy, we are not kidding. <laughs> For real. It's not just catchy. It's also true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I know that this made a splash in our friend group, but (laughs) do you have any feelings about the fact that they changed the five love languages to the seven love languages? Um, I feel actually really seen by the new love languages, so I feel pretty excited that they added them on. And I also just thought it was interesting that people are continuing to do research around this topic, and it wasn't just like, okay, these are the five. Yeah, I totally agree with that because I think that my brain tends to like black and white thinking and like, Mm -hmm. these are the five, the end, like Mm -hmm. cut and dry. And now, which I'm sure I'll talk about this later, but like, I think my love languages have shifted a little bit since having the baby, but Mm -hmm. 
I also am now thinking about like, well, what are the things that make me feel loved that might not actually fall in any of these buckets? Mm -hmm. Because like, maybe they don't have it completely correct yet, you know? Absolutely. Well, and I was listening to um, a podcast on this earlier and there were some people that had called in, I guess, and were giving like very specific examples of what their love language is. And one of them was my love language is remembering what's going on in people's lives and what is on their calendar and what they have coming up and remembering to like reach out to them. And I was like, oh, that's such a specific one that I feel like I have in some instances. And then we have some other friends that definitely do that. I'm like, oh, that's an interesting one. I don't know if that would necessarily fall in one of these specific seven, but I could totally see that being a love language. I 100% agree. We do have a friend who's really good at that. And I think she's actually systematized it for herself, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that, okay, so this is, this falls into a category of something that I feel like is a love language for me, but I don't know how to really express it. But it's like when somebody goes above and beyond to like do something that feel like makes me feel cared for. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how to like quantify that or like explain it, make it a, make it a bucket. Yeah. 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 Um, Well, I wonder if that is something that could fall into any of these. Yeah, I guess it might depend. Yeah, you're right. It might depend on the action, but I'm thinking about like, oh, you see that I'm having a hard day and you're, you know, checking in on what might be going on without mm-hmm. me having to like start the conversation. Or mm-hmm. I honestly, one thing that makes me feel really loved most of the time between me and Seb is if he like brings me food, like, like making and bringing me food so that I don't have to feed myself is like a big deal for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you consider that acts of service? Or I mean, I think gifts? it must be. Yeah, no, I think it must be an act of service because to me, it's like, it's not the food itself. It's that I didn't have to do it. Okay, gotcha. And yeah. that he is thinking about you. Yes, but but that's the part that I feel like is really awesome. It's like the, I don't know, the, the noticing and the like, the caring mm-hmm. piece. Mm-hmm. Okay, I also, I feel this because what that also signals to me is I'm saying I don't have to voice what my need is. You anticipate it and you know, so it takes this burden off of me that I feel that is really difficult for me to say what I need. Yes, yes, that is so big. And I I don't, I like, I want to be very specific about this. For me, it's not that I never want to have to ask for what I want or need. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, Because sure. I, I think that's, like, not healthy. Right. But I do think there is something super special about somebody actually noticing and, like, doing that work of taking the burden. Like, just like you said, taking the burden off of you for having to do, like, having to express what mm-hmm. you need or want. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're in a position where, your capacity is diminished in any way. Yeah, because then it's like it's extra work to actually have to express your needs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's like kind of the paradox of like a lot of the like labor that people take on instead of asking for help because it's like, you know, the thing that happens to people when they're working in corporate where they're like, you know, it's actually harder for me to take a vacation than it is to mm-hmm. just work. For sure. I think it's it's the same thing. It's like I, you know, I have all these things that I want or need to do and like actually asking for help is harder than just actually doing it myself. Yeah. 
All right. I feel like we kind of jumped in, got ahead of ourselves. We did. We totally did. So us, you know, so classic. (laughs) Um, If you are new to love languages, we're going to go through the the OG five, talk about them a little bit. We'll talk about the other two. And then I think we're going to actually take a quiz. And then we're going to try to figure out what our new love languages are based on these new seven. Okay, so the first one is words of affirmation, which is, you know, acknowledgement of affection, people telling you you're doing a great job, compliments, encouragement, and communication for some people. Yeah. Um, How do you feel about this one? This is one that I think I would say I don't really need a lot of this, but I don't know that that's actually true because I do love when people acknowledge that I have done a good job at something or Mm -hmm. that they appreciate me. But then I'm like, it's like something that I need if I'm not getting, but if I'm getting it, I don't know that I care about it that much. Interesting. I mean, is that true of all of our languages though? Like we Mm -hmm. don't notice them unless we're not getting what we need. That's a great question. Well, great hypothesis. (laughs) Also, I'm just wondering whether words of affirmation and appreciation are the same or just like closely related. Like, can you appreciate somebody in other ways besides telling them? Mm. Yeah, I think absolutely you can. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think that is come like the other four maybe come from that. Yeah. I just think that the places where I want affirmation most of the time is just like appreciation for the things that I'm going to do anyways, but Mm -hmm. I like to hear it. Yeah. Cause you don't have to be doing all those things. Right. I don't want, I don't necessarily even need to be told I'm doing a good job. I just want recognition for the fact that I'm doing things and that they're helpful. Mm -hmm. Okay. Would you say that this one is high up on your list? I think it's higher than it used to be because I, I'm doing so much more and I mm-hmm. sometimes I just want to be like is does anybody see how much I'm doing like is anybody looking at this <laughs> like, watching me? yeah like <laughs> I'm doing a lot of things and I don't I feel like nobody's seen it <laughs> that's really funny I feel like there have been times when there has been an acknowledgement of wow you are doing a lot of stuff I appreciate that but I am like oh yeah why didn't you help me it was a lot of stuff. Oh. I wish I wish you would offer to help. That's interesting. I, I go there sometimes. Oh yeah, that's interesting because it kind of sounds like the words of affirmation, while appreciated, also spark some resentment for like mm-hmm. if you saw this, why didn't you change your behavior? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you saw how much I was doing, could you just like help instead? Which we'll get to acts of service. Maybe we just get there right now. But this one for me is probably my biggest one of the original five, I would say. Which- but also but also this specific instance kind of circles back to the like, I need to express my needs and wants, which is hard. It's so hard. I just want someone to look at me and be like, wow, she's doing a lot. She kind of is struggling. Let me just not even necessarily help. come and say, how can I help? Which is also great. But just come in and help. Just well, yeah, that's the situation and be like, what needs to be done? (laughs) 
I mean, we're just tying all of our topics together because that's uh, the fair play mental load conversation. It's like, don't ask me what needs to be done. Figure it out yourself and do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, but acts of service for sure is a big one. I don't I don't think I've met a single person who is not like acts of service is not higher on their list. Yeah. It has to be because our lives are so busy. There's so much going on all the time. There's so many things to do. And when somebody goes out of their way to do something that makes your life easier, it is so wonderful. It feels so good. Yes, for sure. So part of the thing that I was looking at about like what exactly an act of service is, it's um, helping alleviate their, their workload, which I think I've had to really reevaluate the way I view acts of service in the last couple of months, because I think before we had a baby, it was like, oh, you did, you know, kind of any act of service that impacts me. And I'm like really grateful that kind of filled my cup up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And now it's different because we have more stuff to do. And I'm like, I am appreciative of you doing this thing, but it had to be done. So like, to me, that's not an act of service. It's Mm. an act of service is going above and beyond not doing the bare minimum. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I could see that. Yeah, and um, especially doing things that I don't want to do. That's a big thing oh, for yeah. me. It's like if you pick up the one task that I really didn't want to do, that's like, wow, I, I'm i so grateful for you. What's your task that you don't like doing? I, th- I feel like it depends on like the time. I, I will say that like feeding myself is – it feels like a chore for me most of the time. Mm-hmm. So making breakfast or lunch is great because Seb already makes dinner. So like that's – Who does the dishes? Uh, for, well, Seb does actually Seb does most of the dishes. I help where I can, and I think this is gonna. I, I mentioned this already, but we're gonna have to like reevaluate some of this stuff with his uh, new work schedule because he's got just like a lot of things that happen in the like post work time. So I think I'll probably either start picking up some of the cooking or like doing more of the dishes. But yeah. Yeah, because he is responsible for like the dinner portion, I don't feel like it's the breakfast and lunch that if he were to make me lunch, I would be like, wow, I feel very happy about this. Like, this really did it for me. Yeah. I really hate doing the dishes. Really? I hate them. Every once in a while, I'll have like a moment where I'm like, you know what? This might be nice to stand in front of the sink and just sud some water, (laughs) do a few dishes. Every once in a while, I feel that way. But for the most part, I really hate doing dishes. Yeah, I can see that. I feel like everybody has that chore. Like, I don't think Seb really likes to do the laundry, so I always mm-hmm. do the laundry. Mm-hmm. And my thing is, I feel like a lot of the times he and I operate better if we're kind of sharing tasks, which is hard to do with the fair play cards. Because, like, I don't really mind the dishes, but the volume of dishes we have now is higher than it used to be. So I'm like, God, this is just like an endless task. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially with, yeah, all the bottles you got to sanitize and. Yeah. So right now, for the most part, I do like the baby bottles and those types of dishes. And he does the majority of like our food dishes. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Are there any other acts of service that you really appreciate other people doing for you? I, I don't know if this is an act of service or not, but I appreciate it when other people initiate plans. Oh, interesting. I think that could definitely be an act of service. Yeah. Especially if you're going to do it yourself. Because mm-hmm. I feel like I 
am a big initiator in my friendships in general, which comes naturally to me. So it doesn't like make me angry or it doesn't cause me any feelings to do it necessarily, but I appreciate it when somebody else, it's like something I notice more. Okay. So if your ideal situation here, is it that they text you and say, Hey, we haven't hung out in a while. Like, do you want to get together? Or is it that you guys are talking about, you've already decided that you're going to get together and they just decide the plans and make the plans. Um, Or is it both? Probably, probably the former more that they initiate the hang in general. Is it just because them thinking about it makes you feel cared for? So maybe not an act of service. <laughs> See, this is where I feel like there's some holes here. Like there's room for, I don't know. Yeah. there's. I feel there, like it's very nuanced. It That's not, to me, that's not an act of service because they're not doing anything besides noticing that y'all haven't hung out in a while. That's But they're making the effort to say, let's make plans. Let's do something. But I still don't think that's an act of service. What do you think it is? I don't know if it falls into a category. That's what I'm saying. I feel like there's <laughs> one more that's like being thoughtful, like, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's Which, like the – That makes sense because being thoughtful is like my number one quality that I appreciate in people probably. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, this thing that I'm looking at specifically uh, for some reason under the receiving gifts category, it mentions thoughtfulness. Okay. And it says give thoughtful gifts and gestures. And so to me, something like that, like, you know, what we're talking about with the texting, initiating plans, Mm -hmm. but it's not a gift. I think it is though. Like for me, that is a gift because it's like someone thinking about me and wanting to spend time with me and making the extra effort to say, hey, let's plan something. Yeah. I just feel like there's maybe a, another bucket we could <laughs> create. I would like to create Let's a bucket. Let's get Brene for like, on this, okay? You, Bracey and Brene researches yeah. the eighth ah. mystery <laughs> love language of the world. <laughs> um, I just I just want like thinking of people, like empathy and thoughtfulness to be its own, mm-hmm. its own bucket. Thing. Well, I and think. maybe – when we get into emotional security, which is one of the new ones, maybe it'll maybe we'll maybe, find some, yeah. some stuff in there. But let's talk maybe. about gifts while we're here. Okay. So receiving gifts is small things given thoughtfully, gifts and gestures, mm-hmm. and then expressing gratitude when receiving a gift is also mentioned here. Okay. This one is a hard one for me because the first time I took this quiz – I very intentionally would answer the questions in a way that didn't make this one a top one for me because I Mm. thought that it just meant I was selfish. Oh. (laughs) But I also didn't have like a true understanding of what this actually means. It's not just like, oh, if you like to get stuff, like that's not what it is. Um, It's definitely more to do with thoughtfulness of people, you know, seeing things and thinking of you. Or knowing you so well that they would know what you would like as a gift. Which, and this is maybe more of a love language that I like to use to express my love towards other people. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's interesting because I feel like it is just like the expression of that thoughtfulness and empathy mm-hmm. in like physical form. Like, because mm-hmm. to, to, to me, I can't think of a gift that's like not 
a physical gift. Can you think of one? Can you tell me like when somebody has given you a gift that wasn't like a physical actual gift? Yes. Um, when it's been an experience. Okay. So Which they, that one is a new. Oh yeah. That's one of the new, new ones. One. But yeah, Taylor and I have given many gifts to each other that are like, we're going to go do this thing together. Yeah. And to me that the gift of that is the experience of it. What do you think? I mean, yeah, I agree. It is a gift, but I wouldn't, but I, but it's not necessarily like a physical thing. Okay. So where would this rank on your list now? In the way that I receive love? Yes. I would say, well, if I'm only counting the top five, I would Mm -hmm. say probably two or three. Okay. What about you? How do you feel about this one? I've actually changed my mind about this a little bit recently. I think that I used to really appreciate gift giving because I was conditioned to this, which I think we might have talked about this at some point, but my I was mom gonna is say, an excellent gift giver. <laughs> yeah. This is like a culture in your family. Yeah. My mom is an excellent gift giver mm-hmm. and it's taken me until literally this year to realize that I actually don't like giving gifts hmm. because it feels hard. Like it feels like I need to do a good job and I need to have, you know, just like you were saying, like I need to have noticed something Mm -hmm. and like I want the gift giving to be organic and like I really think she would love this thing. Yeah. But that's hard in most cases for me. And I was actually talking to my therapist about this a little bit because she was kind of like, what is it? Like, what are the things that are bothering you that you could maybe like let go of? And I was like, well, you know, like it's hard for me sometimes to pick a good gift and like feel good about it Mm -hmm. and not feel obligated. You know, like the obligation piece is tough for me. And she was like, okay, well, what would it look like if you just like didn't make yourself do that? And I was like, hmm. So this year, actually, I went to my brother and I was like, look, I don't enjoy buying you birthday gifts because I feel like you beat me every year. And we're just like passing around money. And like, I don't actually think you enjoy doing this either. Correct me if I'm wrong. But he was like, I don't care. I was like, great. Can we just like not get each other birthday gifts? And he was like, yeah. And so that's that. Yeah. (laughs) Bada bing, bada boom. Right. So, but I mean, it was, it was an adjustment because in our family, like we give presents, like that's the thing. For sure. Um, And I I do like receiving a, a gift. I especially like receiving a gift that is a surprise like mm-hmm. and like a nice surprise is nice um mm-hmm. but it doesn't make me feel any type of way if like somebody doesn't give me a present yeah yeah i agree and i do wish that our society would shift more into let's get people a gift when you see something that you know they would love versus okay for their birthday and yeah. For whatever holidays they celebrate that require gifts. Like mm-hmm. if it was just more along the lines of shopping or being out and about and seeing something that you know that someone you love would love. And that yeah. being kind of more the the guide. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't I haven't figured this one out quite yet. Cause I do like I want the people who like you who appreciate a good gift to like mm-hmm. get a good gift for me. I just sometimes feel like I'm not doing a good job at it. I think that's well, and that's interesting that you say that you're like, I don't feel like I'm that good at this or it's a lot of pressure or whatever, because I feel like every gift you've ever gotten me has been a home run. I appreciate that. 
But I mean, like you and I talked about it because this year with I feel I truly feel like the one thing that has very much slipped with like post having a kid Mm -hmm. is my ability to like put time and effort into finding good gifts for people. And that Mm -hmm. just leaves me with a lot of guilt and which Mm -hmm. to me says that I maybe wasn't gifting out of like the kindness of my heart. I was gifting out of obligation, which sucks. But then, you know, I turn around and I had to like, I asked a couple of people just not to get me birthday gifts. Cause I was like, it's actually a gift to me if you just don't get me anything yeah. because then I don't have to feel guilty about not getting you anything. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You're like, give me the gift of nothing. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, truly that's to me, that's a gift. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the gifting sometimes is really hard. And I, I mean, I, I definitely enjoy receiving gifts, especially if it's something that I really love and it makes me feel really seen by people are really known in some way, but then sometimes it's hard if somebody gets you something and you don't love it, but then I would feel like a jerk if I'm like, oh yeah, this isn't for me really, you know, like if it's like my mom, you know, I don't care about that. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) sorry, mom. I'm like, mom, like if I don't, if I don't love it, I'll just tell you and you're not going to care. And I know that, but yeah, if it's other people, I feel like I need to be like, oh my God, I'm so appreciative. Thank you so much. I love it so much. Da, 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 da. Even if that's not true. I definitely enjoy giving people gifts more than I enjoy receiving them, probably because of that aspect. Interesting. I think that's fascinating because I never feel any type of way I think if people get me a gift that I don't like because I appreciate that they did it. I pre- mm-hmm. like I appreciate that they put the time and effort into doing like actually getting me a gift at all. Yeah. And I found that because I know that a lot of families do the thing where like you just ask for what you want and then you get what you want. And I I think there's merit to that. Like we do that with Seb's family and it is nice because I do end up getting things I like and like probably would have bought anyways. But I also appreciate a surprise. And yeah. sometimes when Seb shops for me for gifts, he picks things out that I would not pick out and then I end up liking them. Yeah, that's true. That's really fun. That happens uh, honestly a lot. Like the tops that he gets me from Madewell, I don't think any of the ones he, maybe one or two of the ones he's picked for me over the course of our relationship, I would have picked for myself, but all of them I've liked. Okay, Seb, you little shopper. (laughs) Evidently he's got good taste, secret good taste. (laughs) That's exciting. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite type of gift? to receive if you're going to receive a gift? Like, do you like clothes? Do you want, I feel like you don't want jewelry. You don't want skincare. Or maybe you do want I definitely skincare, don't want, you know? well, I don't know. I see. I think maybe, maybe you do this, want I, I'm coming, <laughs> no, I'm coming to the realization now that I think that I just appreciate when a s- gift is a surprise. Okay. Um, because like I can think of, my mom got me one of those, um, washcloths for your face that like, you don't have to put any, um, soap on. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, like it gets your makeup, makeup off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I've used that a ton. And like yeah. she got me sunless tanner. I never would have bought that for myself. I've used it all the like I use it yeah. frequently. And so I, I think I do like a gift that like I wouldn't have chosen this for myself, but like mm-hmm. it was a surprise and I like it. Mm-hmm. I, I think that leaves you open to like sometimes getting something that you might not like, but I prefer it that way per- personally. Yeah. I don't know that there's like a specific category that I like most, but yeah. Just something that's a surprise. And something you wouldn't have picked for yourself. I agree. I feel like there is like a special 
feeling, I think, that comes with getting a gift that you wouldn't have picked for yourself that you end up loving. Mm -hmm. I think, but I think that goes back to like what I'm talking about is like it's somebody maybe seeing something um, that you don't see about yourself or it's like it seems extra thoughtful for some reason. Yeah. But to yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, to me, like the it's nice to get a gift that you really like that you <laughs> might not have anticipated liking. But the thoughtfulness piece is like a separate thing for me. And that's like even above and beyond mm-hmm. having a nice gift. Like mm-hmm. I would rather have the thoughtful piece than have a gift that I like. Wow. We really we did more of a deep dive on gifts than I expected. <laughs> uh for real. <laughs> All right. Next up, quality time. How do we feel about it? I feel like this one's self-explanatory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel great about this one. I would say this one has changed a bit for me, though, in you know moving across the country. And so I feel like the quality time is still obviously really important to me, but it, obvi- it, it looks different, too. It's not we're hanging out all the time. What is important to you about long-distance quality time now? I would say – Probably like the frequency and duration is more important, but it's just like phone calls, obviously, or, you know, during COVID when we were doing our Thursday night, girls night thing, like Mm -hmm. that was wonderful. And I feel like, you know, that was obviously a bit of a special circumstance for everybody. Everyone was in a long distance relationship at that point you know, getting on here and chatting with you and recording and then chatting and having to cut a bunch of stuff out. Like that (laughs) is quality time um, for Mm -hmm. us. And so, yeah, I think it's, it's just like way more phone calls. I've gotten so much more used to being on the phone. And that fills your cup up, right? It does. Yeah. Okay. G chatting too, but I feel like the phone calls where there's more sharing of the mundane parts of life um, and more space for all the like little details of things that you wouldn't necessarily type out because it just takes too long. Mm, okay. It feels more like a hangout. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, what about you? Where does this one fall for you? I feel like it's higher than it used to be, but I also think that it doesn't require as much time as you would think. Mm -hmm. At least in my perspective, because I haven't mastered the art of a phone call, so maybe I need to work on that. But (laughs) But you um, have mastered the art of Zooming. Yes. I I will say that I think Gchat for me works fine because I think in the relationships that I have where I do Gchat, it it is often just like mundane, like random things that happen during the day. It's not like... I have this thing that I need to tell you, you know? Mm. Well, sometimes it is, obviously. But I feel like in the relationships I have where I G-chat often, it's like I'm going to tell you some little things here and there. Yeah. And then and then with Seb, I feel like one thing that has become really important to me is focus. Um, mm. I think because neither of us are doing a great job of it right now. <laughs> There's too many moving factors mm-hmm. that – I can sometimes get frustrated if like I'm talking and he I can tell he's not listening and I, like mm-hmm. he might be li- not listening for a good reason like he's trying to feed the baby and like can't you know too many inputs or whatever but I found that like him giving me his undivided attention makes me feel really good yeah and I think that's where 
the quality time I feel like varies for some people because some people, I think quality time is that focus piece that you're talking about where they're your attention is just on each other. And then for some people, and maybe this is true for you too, just at different times, it's like, oh, watching a movie together. Yeah. It's funny because I feel like this is one that has changed for me. It's not that quality time wasn't important to me before because it was, but I do think before it was us sitting together in a room, probably not doing the same thing. Like he might be playing a video game on his phone and I might be reading. And like, to me, that was quality time. And now that like, that's not it. Like it's, I need you to be paying attention to me. And if not, that doesn't fill my cup at all. It's shifted. Right. Yeah. I would say, yeah, this one is an interesting one. And obviously it varies by type of relationship, I think. Mm -hmm. Okay. Another one that varies by type of relationship. The last one in the top five original ones is physical touch. So, you know. Smooching, holding hands, (laughs) cuddling, all that, all those physical intimacy pieces. Mm -hmm. Where does this one rank for you? I would say it's still not high. I think that some level of touch with specifically Seb is important. Like we do a lot of, you know, it's a running joke in our friend group about how Seb just like would sleep on top of me if he could, mm-hmm. but we like he did a lot of cuddling in this in his sleep, and now with the baby, most of the time you know in the bed it can get harder. So mm-hmm. we like our feet will touch, or like he'll put his arm up over the pillow and like touch my shoulder or something, and sleep like that. No, no. Oh, okay, I was like, my oh, arm would fall asleep. <laughs> And I feel like those little touches are important, but in general, I would say physical touch is like not high on my list. Okay. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, you know, I love holding hands and cuddling and, you know, what, like I enjoy all of that stuff, but it's not something that I feel like I need necessarily to feel loved like all the time. I would say, honestly, the biggest thing is that Taylor gives me a foot massage almost every night. and uh, That's wonderful. It really is. Seb would never touch my feet. <gasps> okay. Well, Taylor used to be at the very beginning of a relationship. He was very grossed out by feet. And so then we went and got a pedicure together a few months in. And then and that changed it and for that him? changed it for him for whatever oh, man. reason. I can't wait for Seb to listen to this episode so he can figure his – but yeah, now because yeah, he I thinks it's it out. gross. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, so, it sounds like we'll be getting a pedicure together. It's yeah. quality time soon. <laughs> you should. Honestly, please get one before my wedding. I'm going to have to request it. I need your y'all's oh. feet looking really good. I mean, I was going to get one anyways, but now I'll just tell Seb that it's a requirement for it's the a wedding. Requirement. He, has to get, yeah. he has to get a pedicure Sorry. to be able to go. <laughs> so he's never had one? He's never had one. Oh, wow. I think he would love it. I mean, I don't know. His feet are a little bit ticklish, so mm. I don't know. We'll see. I would, I really would like him to try it, though. It does make me feel like I'm going to pee every time that they what? they do, like, the cheese grater one, like, on your heels uh-huh. and stuff. Like Which I, is one of my favorite things. I love it also, but it's, it gives me the sensation that I have to pee <laughs> every That time. is so weird. <laughs> And fascinating. Like, do you think there's other people that that happens to? Surely there are. I mean, this is a time when if you're one of those people, do not stay silent. We can stand strong together. Please send us an email. <laughs> we'll plug it at the end. Um, I bet if I looked it up on Reddit, it would absolutely be a thing. Probably, yeah. 
So fascinating. Well, you know, foot rubs from Taylor every night. That's kind of amazing. It's so wonderful. I just like my feet hurt every night. I don't know why. I walk a lot. Mm. I probably need better shoes or something, but. Sub yeah. rubs my shoulders a lot, which is great. That's lovely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just wonder too if um, if physical touch and even, you know, some of these other things, if there's like a minimum threshold that even though they're probably not high on our list that like mm-hmm. if we didn't meet that threshold that we would, you know. Notice. Feel some type of way. Yeah. Yeah. I bet that's true. All right. Well, should we jump into the two new love languages that this dropped really recently? Yeah, absolutely. We should. Probably just this year. Uh, yeah, I think it was a couple months ago. Okay. Well, the first one that got added is shared experiences. So like doing activities together, trying new things, creating shared memories. And this one is very, very high on my list. I was thinking like, this sounds right up Anna's alley. Yeah. And it's funny too, because I feel like this has a lot of overlap with quality time, but it's like, you know, mm-hmm. slightly different. It's it's like a very specific quality time. And I saw something on TikTok a couple months ago that talked about when people travel together and like have a new experience together that it does something to your brain. I'll have to like see if I can find what it was. I'm, I probably saved it because um, I thought it was really interesting. But I feel like Taylor and I travel very well together and we always mm-hmm. have a really fun time when we do it. And I feel very close to him when we do that. And I so this makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Well, I was also, as you were saying that, thinking like for us right now, parenting is a shared experience. A thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got a little article pulled up about signs of these love languages. So signs, this might be your love language. You feel closer to your partner after attending an event together. You love completing a group task. You prefer to always have someone along for the ride. You feel closest when you're making new memories. You prefer to be doing something with your partner. Okay. I don't know about completing a group task, but actually, though, I might feel like that in like my friendships. In what way? Like one example is that Brittany and I planned um, our friend Hannah's 30th birthday party, and that was like really fun to do together. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I was actually thinking like I feel like the way that Seb and I do this most often is like DIY. Like Mm -hmm. we complete those types of tasks together pretty frequently. Yeah. And then we both get to like enjoy the outcome of whatever the task was. And that's just such a cool thing. I love that y'all – do that because you also get to have the experience when people come over and they're like, wow, this piece is so cool. Or like, oh, I love your deck. You're like, yeah, we built that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It is fun. It's like a, it's definitely a very specific shared experience for sure. Yeah. I love it. I was thinking too about how this says, you prefer to always have someone along for the ride. And I was thinking about how you and Brittany used to run all your errands together. (laughs) Always. We never went anywhere without the other one. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think I like, I'm not like that. It's not that I don't want anybody there. It's just like not my first thought to like invite somebody to go run my errands with me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other one on here is uh, you prefer to be doing something with your partner, which I feel like Seb and I are not great at doing that. Like we, aren't awesome at like making plans with each other. We just Mm. will do whatever happens to come up. Sure. So I don't know that like I enjoy shared experience with Seb, but I don't think this would be high on my list. Okay. 
Where do you think this would fall on his list? Oh, good question. Pretty low, I think. Um, Now I'm really curious, so I'm going to have to go ask him. But he's a very introverted individual. Like, he's not a big, I'm going to, like, go make plans with people and, you know, like, do things together. That's, Mm -hmm. he like, just like me, he's going to probably run his errands by himself. Mm -hmm. So I feel like he and I do enjoy sharing experiences, but I think that's maybe just part of being in a relationship, too. Yeah. And I will say, since like audiobooks and podcasts have become a bigger part of my life, I do enjoy running my errands by myself now because I that's like my time to listen to stuff. That is fascinating because as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, one of the shared experiences that Seb and I do often is listening to podcasts together. Which is great. We'll like pick a podcast and like listen to all of it and then pause to discuss and stuff like that. Oh, that's really cool. Interesting how different people have different experiences for the exact same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And the second one that got added to make the total seven is emotional security. Um, Can you tell us some signs that this might be your love language? Yes. Uh, You like asking a lot of questions. Hmm. What does that sound like? (laughs) Who does that sound like? (laughs) You feel closest when your partner is sharing their fears, dreams, past, etc. You're a deep thinker and a curious listener. You wear your heart on your sleeve. You enjoy the scary conversations. Mm. Wow, this one is fun. Yeah, and I think that all of those things are – I can see both of us in them. Uh, Yeah, I I agree. I feel like this one falls high on the list for both of us because we do really enjoy those like deeper conversations and it also talks about like you want to know the why behind behind these conversations. Like why are people the way that they are? Like – what what experiences have brought you to this opinion on on something? Like those are very fascinating things, I think, for both of us. 100%. And I think reading about emotional security as a love language, I highly identify with it. It's just like, to me, it's like the whole, I don't, I don't want to have to do small talk. I want to like get to actually know somebody. Mm-hmm. But the words emotional security, to me, that's like, I don't know if that fits exactly how I feel about it. Yeah. What do you think you would call it? Like emotional depth. Hmm. Yeah. It makes it seem more like they are providing you the security that you are important to them or something like that. They're giving you right. something like that. Yeah. Because even like I'm thinking about in in relationships with like friends or even just like new people that maybe like a friend of a friend, the security piece of it at, at that stage is not important to me, but mm-hmm. the emotional depth is. Yeah. To bond with people. I feel like that's important yeah. to me. I think that's a good call out. Anyways. Oh, I thought of another one that maybe doesn't fall into one of these buckets. Okay. Offering to help slash helping. I think that's something that I was, I don't know, maybe raised to do. I definitely was raised to do it, but I I also think that it's something that I like to do. Like I, if somebody's having a hard time or like need something, mm-hmm. I am pretty quick to be like, oh, well, do you want me to help you with that? And to me, it doesn't even matter if they accept or if I were to accept somebody's offer to help. It's mm-hmm. like the fact that they offered to me is like speaks to their caring. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think it does. I don't think it fits in one of these. I feel like the helping, if they actually do the acts, then like mm-hmm. that might be acts of service. Yeah. But the offering to help, because it's, again, I mean, all is all of this is going back to thoughtfulness, but it's like noticing 
that somebody might need help with something and offering that, like that's a, its own separate thing. Yeah. And yeah. And just like being willing even to mm-hmm. help, like, cause it's not just that you're noticing that they're needing help. It's also that like, I'm willing to give my time and energy to like whatever it is that you're struggling with. Yeah. hundred percent, which is a great one. It's high yeah. on the list. It is. And I, yeah, it just doesn't fall. I feel like we definitely need an eighth category. Mm-hmm. I agree. Probably even like nine or 10 by the time we're done talking about this topic. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, we are really excited. We're going to do a part two of the love languages because we just have a lot more to talk about on this topic. And we honestly, I didn't really even realize that we were going to have so much to say. <laughs> I know. Same. We do have so much to say. And if you guys want to go ahead and get ready for part two. We are going to do the love languages quiz on truity.com. T-R-U-I-T-Y.com. It has all of the seven love languages in it. So we're going to do that and see where we fall. Yeah. All right. Send us an email at lightheartedpodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions or comments, you can also leave us some little tidbits on our Substack. And be sure to follow along on Instagram as well at Lighthearted Pod. Talk to you soon. Bye.